You know, it's a well-known fact that moderation is always better than excess, right? A lot of times in life it's true, whether it's in eating or exercising or anything else. Moderation is very, very important. And when it comes to consuming salt, that's very true. Because our bodies need salt to live. But if you get too much salt, you can have trouble with heart disease and strokes and, and heart attacks and things of that nature. So you want to consume the salt, but you don't want to consume too much salt. But in one area of life where there's no limit on the salt is in the Christian life because we are called the salt of the earth as Christians. And that's what we have to be every day of our lives. Jesus said in Matthew 5.13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. The title of our message today is You Are the Salt of the Earth. Now remember last time when I spoke, I spoke on the light, bearing the light. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. In the same passage, he said, you are the salt of the earth. So we as Christians are light and we are salt. We represent Christ in our testimony, in our witness, in the way we conduct ourselves in life. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. And that is so very important today. The three points we're going to look at today is number one, Salt is a flavor enhancer. Number two, salt is a preservative agent. And number three, salt is a thirst inducer. The best description I have found in Scripture in the Old Testament and New Testament is the life and character of Job. He was the salt of the earth. Because it says of him in Job chapter 1 and verse 1, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was four things, blameless and upright, he f- who feared God and shunned evil. And that's a perfect picture of the way God wants us to live our lives as the salt of the earth. He wants us to be blameless. He wants us to be upright. Fear him and shun evil. Yes, Job is among the big three. I don't know if you're aware of the scripture that talks about the big three. The big three were three men, Daniel, Noah, and Job. And it says in the scripture that the people's ways in Israel were so evil and wicked, and God uses the analogy of these three men, if they were to come and pray for these people, and try to apply their righteousness to the people, it wouldn't work because they would deliver themselves for their own righteousness, but not for the righteousness of a sinful nation. And so God wants us to be in this corrupt and evil and dark days we're living in. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. You know, salt is very interesting because in and of itself, it's not very tasty. It really isn't. It enhances foods. 
you put salt on, it makes the food taste better. Now, if you were to take that salt shaker and start drinking it, you know, or, or putting it down your throat, you, you'd gag. It wouldn't be good at all because it's not supposed to be used that way. It's supposed to enhance and it's supposed to give flavor. Israel Moore Avor said, you are the salt of the earth. Remember that salt is used in association, not in isolation. And that's what it's all about. We don't isolate ourselves from the world. We associate with the world. We're not of the world, but we live in the world. And he sent us out to be the salt of the earth, to represent him and to bring the message of Christ to the nations and to all the people around us. But Jesus said if salt has lost its flavor or lost its saltiness, as it were, it's good for nothing, good for nothing at all. And when we're flavorful for the Lord, we bring the message to the nation. Bill McDonald once wrote, Be a power for God in the world. Exert a beneficial influence for the glory of Christ. Be intolerant of anything in your life that might lessen your effectiveness for him. That's how we lose our, our flavoring if we lose our effectiveness for the Lord. And we don't want to lose that. We want to maintain our testimony. People know we're Christians. We oftentimes tell them we're Christian. And that means we have to live up to the Christian life. We have to live to the standards that he wants us to live. And it's so very, very important. I like what it says in Job chapter 6 and verse 6. He says this, Can flavorless food be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? Now, I personally like egg whites, but you can't just eat them by themselves. You've got to add a little cheese. You've got to put a little salt on it. You've got to put some uh, meat in it or chicken or turkey or something like that to make it taste good. Because egg whites don't have the taste. The taste is in the yolk. The yolk has taste, but not the egg white. And it's interesting how the scripture mentions that. But he says, if salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing except to be trampled underfoot by men. Nowadays, we see salt used out on the roads, especially in, in climates of snow, where they oftentimes will salt the roads to make them easier and safer to drive on. John MacArthur commented, pure salt cannot lose its effectiveness, but salt that is common in the Dead Sea area is contaminated by gypsum and other minerals and can have a flat taste or be ineffective as a preservative. Such mineral salts were useful for little more than keeping footpaths free of vegetation. God doesn't want us to be flat Christians. He doesn't want us to be ineffective Christians. He doesn't want us to lose our flavoring. J. Vernon McGee in his commentary calls it losing your tang. You know, when you have something that tastes real good, it's got a tang to it. It's got a, a, a little kick to it, right? And we don't want to lose that for our Savior. We want to maintain it through our whole lives. In Mark chapter 9 and verses 49 and 50, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, 
For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Verse 50, salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. You know, in the Old Testament, they used to add salt to many of the sacrifices, and that was required in the Old Covenant, in the, in the law. And here, it's interesting to me that salt is linked up with peace. And so when we're the salt of the earth, we need to be peacemakers. We need to promote peace in this world, peace with God especially. Yes, it's so very, very important. The question is, do you know any Christians that have lost their flavor? Do you know any Christians that have lost their tang? Have you lost your flavor? Have you lost your tang? So many times we can go through the motions. We come to church. We read our Bibles. We pray. We go through all the things that we know a Christian should do, but our hearts aren't fully in it. And he doesn't want us to lose that flavoring, that, that salt. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. Second, salt is a preservative agent. Before the advent of refrigeration, meat and other foods and different things were, were salt was used to, as a natural preservative. We have refrigeration and all kinds of things. And of course, nowadays they have artificial preservatives. And we look on the labels and we say, I'm not going to buy that. It's got artificial preservatives. I'm not going to do it. We look very carefully now. Most people, when you shop at the store, you want to buy healthy food. But here, salt is a great way to preserve food. Bill McDonald commented, Jesus likened his disciples to salt. They were to the world what salt is to everyday life. Salt seasons food. It hinders the spread of corruption. It creates thirst. It brings out flavor. So his piquancy to human society makes others long for righteousness. Did you ever think of yourself as an anti-corruption person? But that's exactly what the salt of the earth does. It preserves, it works against the corruption to keep the food from corrupting. And so in the world, Christians who live for the Lord, stand for the Lord, and honor the Lord, are the salt of the earth, and it keeps evil somehow in check. Now, you look around at the world, and you listen to the news, and you see it on the internet and all of that, and you say, well, Dean, if we're the salt of the earth and we're supposed to keep the corruption from really getting out of hand, what, what, it sure looks pretty bad. But just wait till the tribulation comes. We're going to be taken away at the rapture and the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way, and then literally all hell will break loose. Everything that we see now that is bad will get even worse. There will be lawlessness even to a greater degree. There will be corruption even to a greater degree. There will be crime even to a greater degree. Violence evil and wickedness. We see it now, but it's only going to get worse. 
There's going to be division and strife, injustice and prejudice. It's all going to get worse. But it won't be as bad as what is going to happen, as I said, during the tribulation period. It's up to us as the salt of the earth to hold back the tide of evil, standing for the truth and speaking the truth in love and preaching the gospel. One of my favorite commentators is H.A. Ironside. I have all his works and he wrote these words many, many years ago and they still ring true today. Salt preserves from corruption. The disciples are left in the world to witness against the iniquity and set an example of righteousness. That's your job. That's my job. To witness against the iniquity and to set an example of righteousness. He says, savorless salt, like inconsistent Christians, is good for nothing. Wow, what a statement. Savorless salt, like inconsistent Christian, is good for nothing. You know, when someone says they're a Christian and doesn't live the Christian life, it sets a very bad example. And then if you have another person that is a Christian and living the Christian life, it it confuses people. They say, well, this guy says he's a Christian. And this guy says he's a Christian. But I don't know because this guy over here that says he's a Christian, I I live like that. And, And this guy that says he's a Christian, he's kind of out there. Maybe he's extreme or something. But we as Christians need to be the salt of the earth in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our homes. And that's what it's all about, to be the salt of the earth. Did you ever notice that at work sometimes, if somebody is telling an off-color joke, and then you as a Christian walk in, what they do? Immediately cut it off. They cut it off because they know you're a Christian, and they know it's going to offend you. So they don't continue it. And that's one of the ways that we hold back the corruption of this world. David H. Johnson wrote, Sodium is an extremely active element found naturally only in combined form. It always links itself to another element. Chlorine, on the other hand, is a poisonous gas that gives bleach its offensive odor. When sodium and chlorine are combined, the result is is sodium chloride common table salt. Isn't that amazing? You combine these two things, so opposite, and they turn into ordinary salt. The substance we use to preserve meat and bring out its flavor, love and truth can be like sodium and chloride. Love without truth is flighty, sometimes blind, willing to combine with various doctrines. On the other hand, truth by itself can be offensive, sometimes even poisonous. Spoken without love, it can turn people away from the gospel. When truth and love are combined as an individual or as a church, however, then we have what Jesus called the salt of the earth, and we're able to preserve and bring out the beauty of our faith. That is so true. We have to have the balance. We have to have it. The balance of love for the sinner, but hatred for the sin. We have to have the balance of carrying the message of truth, but sharing it in such a way of love and grace and mercy. 
It's so very important. So salt is a flavor enhancer. Salt is a preservative agent. And now our third point today is salt is a thirst inducer. You know, when you eat or drink something with a lot of salt, it creates thirst. I tell you, if you want to do that, go, go get a pepperoni pizza and <laughs> you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of salt in it. I love pepperoni pizza. It's my favorite. And put some black olives on it and it'll be really good. <clears throat> but, you know, salt like that is, is, is interesting how it creates a thirst. And you know, when I used to run, I used to sweat so much, so much, so much. And I would have to drink water and drink these electrolyte drinks and everything like that. And it's amazing. And you have to because if you don't, you can get dehydrated. And then that causes even more problems. But you need to have that salt. And when I was running in cross-country and track, sometimes they would give the athletes salt tablets because they needed to get that salt back that they lost because salt is in the sweat. And so the more you sweat, the more you lose the salt, and you need that. So it's really interesting how it works out. But when we talk about thirst, we talk about thirsting for Christ. We think about people that are thirsty for Jesus. Sometimes they don't even know it. But we, as the salt of the earth, need to create that thirst. Greg Steyer of Dare to Share Ministries said, Everyone is spiritually thirsty, whether they know it or not. Our job as believers is to provide that touch of salt that sparks spiritual dialogue with those who need Jesus so that they will seek out his life-giving water. When we encounter a thirsty soul, we offer them not what we offer, any offer them, but we offer them the gospel, the message of salvation. That's the only thing that will quench a person's thirst spiritually. It says in John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14 of the story of the Samaritan woman, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up, in, springing up into everlasting life. You know, this woman said, give me this water. I don't want to come here to have to draw it anymore. But she was looking at the natural water. Jesus was talking about the spiritual water. The gift that he would give her changed her life in such a way as it quenched her eternal thirst. And that is what it's all about. Our words carry power and influence by the Holy Spirit. I love this verse in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. It's so practical and so encouraging. Paul writing says this, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Not only should we be the salt of the earth, but our words should be salt as well. So may the Lord help us to take heed to the lesson this morning, that we are the salt of the earth. Not you will be the salt of the earth, you might be the salt of the earth, 
He doesn't say that. He says you are. Whether we know it or not, whether we want to accept it or not, we are the salt of the earth. It's our responsibility to be that flavor enhancer in life, to be the salt of the earth in our character, in our conduct, and in our conversation. It's so very important. And if salt loses its flavor, it's tang. It's good for nothing. It's useless. And salt can be a great preservative. It can hold back corruption. And we need to do that. We need to stand for the word of God. And we need to honor him. And salt is a thirst quencher. People without Christ are thirsty. And nothing in this world can quench that thirst but Jesus. He's the only one. There's a commercial on TV that says, stay thirsty, my friends. Right? Stay thirsty, my friends. Why would you want to stay thirsty? You want to quench that thirst. And that's why a lot of people are thirsty in this world. And they're thirsting for the wrong things. They're looking in the wrong places to quench that thirst. And it just makes them more thirsty. And yet, when we present Christ and he quenches their thirst, they find him to be all that they need. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have told us in your word that we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us to think about this subject this week. Help us to meditate on it, Lord. How we can be the salt of the earth with our relatives and family members and friends and neighbors and co-workers and teachers and fellow students and just wherever we go, Lord, we pray that we'll have the aura of Christ, the fragrance of Christ, and we will have that, that salt, Lord, that the world needs today. We pray that you'll Give us safety as we travel home. Help us to have a good fellowship before we leave. And then we pray that you'll bring us back safely for next Sunday. And we pray that you'll bless the Harvest Festival coming up next Sunday. We look forward to that as well. And we just pray for your richest blessing on our lives today. In Jesus' precious name, amen.